so great to be home again. And since I have an hour, I'll take, no, so, so we move quickly to the message that God has. But Doug, as you have already said, you and this entire place are standing on the shoulders of those who've gone before. Not just Pastor Tom and Betty and that other crazy guy. <laughs> but thousands of people who have paid the price. Thousands of people who gave their $5 that you can only spend once. And today we embark on something new. But really, it's not new at all. And that's my message for us today. You see, times have changed. Culture is changing. And we see today what Pastor Tom and Betty and even Rick and Susan couldn't see 17 years ago because you are now in a new place of a new opportunity that God is opening up new things, fresh things. Times have changed. Culture is constantly changing. So we must continually adapt our methods while never changing our message to reach those around us. The people of Issachar are recorded in First Chronicles like this. People who understood the times. If your head is in a hole, if you are not paying attention to what's going around us, you cannot preach God's word. You may preach another word, but you can only preach God's word to this generation is to understand where they are and what they need. Do not miss this next statement, for it is the crux of where you are headed. We are not here today to fix the past. We are here today to design a new future. That was then, and it was great then, but this is now, and what was good then is not good today. God is the most creative individual being that was ever created. He wasn't created. Who's ever been, who's always been, and for us not to be new and fresh and move forward is to do disservice to a creative God. A God who spoke the worlds into existence when there was nothing. I almost believe what I'm saying today. (laughs) 62 years ago, you've heard the story. Doug has done his service well to honor the past. But today isn't about the past, though we build on it. Today is about a future. Ron McManus, a dear friend of this church and one of my best friends, said it like this. No church has a future unless its dreams are bigger than its memories. See, what he's saying is have big memories, but have bigger dreams. There's a whole understanding of the awesomeness of what God has in store. This is not just another weekend service. It's not just another celebration. It's just another time that we mark on our, on our timeline board of a name change. We are here to believe that God has something uniquely new, fresh for Multiply Church. You see, whether it is First Assembly of God, comma, Concord, North Carolina, or Concord First Assembly of God, or Concord First Assembly, or CFA, or CFA Church, or Multiply Church. It's not about the name. It's about the essence within those who gather under that name. (laughs) Isaiah 54 was one of the very first messages that I preached 17 years ago. 
Haven't had a whole new message ready for tonight. This week I woke up and I was drawn here to talk to your pastor and he encouraged me to move to this. And here we go. Would you stand one more time? Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 4. The words will be on the screen. You can read along. Sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than those of her, than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Here's our text, verse 2. Enlarge the tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants, say descendants, will take nations and settle into their desolate cities. Say cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Pastor Doug has been using, as I have watched these last two weeks, Genesis 128. I ask permission to use this verse, not because it's better, but it fits my message better. And we all know sermons are all wrapped around what you want to say, and you find a verse to help you out. So Genesis 22, 7, in the very correct translation, gives me exactly the words I want, says this. I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like stars in the sky and sand on the seashore, your descendants, children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I so want to talk about generations tonight, today, but another time. And conquer the cities of the enemies. Father, help us again today. A new anointing on these lips, on these ears, across the airwaves. Do something special that only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. I heard three words. They're not new. This week for Multiply Church. You just heard me read them out of that verse. Number one, multiply. Good word to hear on a day we changed the name to Multiply Church. Number two, descendants, and number three, cities. Verse one of that whole passage that we just read in Isaiah 54 talks about barrenness. Barrenness means unfulfilled, unfruitful, unproductive. The text there is a woman who has had no children, but friends, I assure you, barrenness is in far greater number of areas than just whether or not you have a child. There are many people today living in barrenness of spirit, barrenness of productivity, barrenness of life. And unfortunately, many churches are there. Genesis 11, Genesis 25, 1 Samuel 1, 1 Judge, or Judges 13, all speak of women who were barren, and catch this, and in reproach. Genesis 30, 23 says, Rachel became pregnant and gave birth to a son. That was Joseph, and said, God has taken away my reproach. I believe that today's barrenness is the lack of souls being saved in our churches. So many of our churches are barren today. My latest statistics are 40% of all churches in America have not had a soul saved in the last three years. 50% of churches in America have not had a water baptism in the last three years. But the problem, the real problem isn't that the churches are barren, it's that they don't know they're barren. 
They don't have an understanding. They've lost the spiritual understanding. They've lost the awareness. They've lost the understanding of the time, so they have no clue what to do because they live in a time that they've accepted as normal when it's anything but normal according to God's Word. People in churches have become caretakers instead of soul winners. And perhaps the number one reason of the problems that we're dealing with in our society today is, a direct, is re- directly related to a failure of churches to make the changes that are necessary for growth to occur. When we see the condition of the church universal, we should be moved, as Rachel said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Today I call for a sanctified desperation for Luke 22 once again, that the blind will receive sight, the lame will walk, those who have leprosy will be cleansed, the deaf will hear, the dead will be raised, and the good news will be proclaimed to the poor. God, give us souls. First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10 says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. We want everybody to be the same. We want everybody to get the trophy. We want everyone. We're not the same. We're not doing the same. We're not responding the same. And Jabez was one who was different. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I may be free from pain. And God granted his request. God is still in the request-granting business. Unfortunately, too many churches aren't requesting anything anymore. You have not because you ask not. Knock, seek, look. He said, I'll open the doors before you. Multiply church believes that and has always believed that. The average size church in America today is 158. But that number is exaggerated because of the handful of mega, mega, mega churches, the mean, that which means right in the middle, the same number above it and the same below it is 70. Think of that. The normal church in America is 70. There's nothing wrong with being 70. The only problem is when you've been 70 for the last 40 years and there's not been a change, there's not been a soul, there's not been a new sermon that says we've got to get out of our comfort zone. I believe every pastor that went into his pulpit to preach the very first time had visions and grandeurs of people being saved, but somewhere along the line, he hit his head against the wall of stubborn people who refused to let him move, and he began to sit back and semi-retired and has moved into caretaker shepherd business. Many churches, many pastors, many staffs, many boards are thinking too small for God's economy. You see, when God begins to stretch you, you will be taken out of your comfort zone. Today, in America, a nation founded on biblical principles is living in barrenness and doesn't even know it. Five thoughts right from Isaiah 54, verse 2 for Multiply Church today. Number one. If our dreams are to be bigger than our memories, we must, number one, enlarge the place of our tent. Change is necessary. Yes, it's still true, and it's still in my notes. The only thing constant in today's society is change. If you always do what you've always done, 
you'll only get what you've already got. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting something different to happen. It must, it necessitates, it necessitates change. See, whether or not you start in a movie theater and move down the town to Rockland Circle or back to this great area over here as it started with high walls so nobody could see the empty seats. Get Pastor Tom to give you that story. We had a whole new thing as the walls came tumbling down. Anyway, that's, I, 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 I digress. Or whether you spend $11 million to buy a broken down shopping mall across the street and stupid enough to believe you can spend $15 million to fix it up and not kill a church. Whether you stay in Concord or you begin to look at Kannapolis and Davidson, Harrisburg. See, this is that original piece. And Pastor Doug, because I was listening, I'm just here to tell you, though I am directionally challenged. <laughs> as if no one's listening to him, right? This was not a north, south, east. It was simply churches and locations. You see, today as superintendent, I still have a vision that I've seen. A wagon wheel with a hub and 12 spokes to a circle. But now, Pastor Doug, you've expanded my vision to where now I see a wagon wheel hub with spokes to a circle that leads to new spokes and new circles. I'm believing for 12 of such churches in North Carolina and friends, by definition, by history, by DNA, multiplied church must be one of those 12. <laughs> Locations change. Styles change. If you, if you would have asked 19, 15, 17 years ago that I would ever be on a platform with tennis shoes on... And now it's the norm as I go across North Carolina. But I'll never have that hat on, Kevin. Never. Never, never, never. Just, it's, it's, it's not, I don't care what name you put on it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> to sustain growth, you must cultivate a climate where changes come naturally and it's considered a normal part of the growth process. We must be willing to change programs, change procedures that are outdated and not working anymore. We must even be willing to change personnel if that is what's holding us back from reaching the dreams and the plans that God has for us. No one has to be left behind, but some will choose to stay behind. We must be willing to change buildings, change parking, whatever else that there is to a barrier to growth. However, the things that are to be changed aren't as important as having a climate where they can be changed with a minimal amount of discomfort. Listen to me. God can't send us more people until we prepare for them. That's why multiplying is so important and so biblical. thought about this as I drove over today. Pastor Tom and Betty and a handful of people in a movie theater downtown. 
which was radical. In a day and age when in our movement, going to movies could get you kicked out of the church. But we chose to worship in one. I mean, just think about that in Pastor Tom's legacy. To continue to change buildings and and understanding is the whole idea that we understand we must, by God's call, enlarge the place of our tent. Number two, if our dreams are to be bigger than our memories, we must stretch our tent curtains wide. This is very clearly the open door piece. If you happen to be here on the second Sunday of January of 2004, following a Saturday snowstorm that shut us down to one church, where's Doug, Sheila, some of those that were here, I had my best message that I'd ever come up with in my life beyond the open door that 13 people listened to. But it's still true today. We must be willing to have those doors open to biblical whosoever will. They don't have to clean up. They don't have to dress up. They don't have to have cool tennis shoes on. They don't have to have suits and ties on. Whichever way they want to come, we must say you're welcome at Multiply. The number one difference we've discovered between plateau churches, which are 85% of churches in America, and growing churches like Multiply is an inward-focused versus an outward-focused philosophy. The moment you become consumed with yourself, with your kids, with your youth, with your style of worship, with your form of worship, you lose sight of what is really important, and that are the people all around us going to hell. Yes, hell is still hot. It still lasts forever, and it's still true today that no one needs to go there, and we have the answer, and his name is Jesus. It's not a lack of God's power, but a lack of our outward focus that is limiting us from reaching our communities. Number three, the third part of this verse is, if our dreams are to be bigger than our memories, we must lengthen our cords. As I wrote this, I wrote these words. God shared with me that this is the serving piece. That piece that says if we're going to reach more people, we need to have more people serving. And it is true. There is a direct correlation with the number of people in service at a church, in a business, and the sales or the opportunity to reach new people. Ten people cannot reach thousands. But thousands of people can reach tens of thousands of people. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care how cute the names and the culture and the, and the phrases, though I love every bit of it. Please do not misunderstand me. But it doesn't matter the phraseology if we're not here to serve a lost and dying world. Jesus was still the one and the only one in a crowd of Christians, of church leadership, that was willing to sit down and wash somebody's feet. You know, servant leadership is really cool until you're treated like one. (laughs) But on the drive over, I saw something bigger. Let me come back to that in a moment. Number four, if our dreams are to be bigger than our memories, we must strengthen our stakes. This is the spiritual piece. This is the doctrine. These are the principles. These are the values. 
as we move out, as we expand, as we multiply, it becomes very easy from those away from the center to not understand not just the culture, but the basis of belief. Why does Pastor Doug say we want our children to understand where we've come from? Because if you forget your past, you will have no clue of where you're going. So here is, as I drove over, stopped and then wrote these words. Number one, principles, that's what we value. It's what we believe. See, the values, the beliefs, the doctrine at CFA, uh, First Assembly of God Church, at CFA Church, now at Multiply Church, has never changed. Though terminology has. We still value, as we did 62 years ago, about coming to a place of worship where everyone who entered in would experience the presence of God. That we still believe, unless God goes with us, we're not leaving this place. We still believe that unless the Holy Spirit comes in a fresh new anointing, you heard it already today, we don't want to be here today. That we're not going through the motions of, of conducting church. We are learning how to be the church. And the only way you can be something is have a direct relationship with the source. See, we still believe that lost people matter. Lost people matter. And whether we call it uh, uh, experiencing the presence of God and, and reaching the lost, and we still believe in the family here, and, and whether it's uh, all those things, and we still believe in, in helping the hurting, it's, it's been from the day one. I, I, I got looking at this thing. Look at this. It started with many more, but when I showed up, it was loving people, loving the world. We then came up with a really brand new idea, novel, right? Loving God, loving people, pass it on. Now we got a new creative guy. New shoes, new slogans. <laughs> Loving Jesus, changing the world. But stop and go beyond the words and notice it says the same thing. For God so loved the world, he loved us. Because we've been loved by God, we must love others. And because God is doing something in this house, we must tell the world that Jesus is still alive. It's not phraseology, it's values, it's principles. Number two, principles, now practices. Practices are what we do. <laughs> what we do changes based on what needs to be done. We moved into a new home. It's like... Next to brand new, not brand new, slightly lived in. It's got more work than I thought it would. But anyway, that's another whole point. We don't have to tear down walls and, and, and bring in home and good bones or, or, or any of the restoration grieved or teams that I don't need any help to, because we have, but there are things that we are doing that we are adapting to make it our house, our place, our style, but that's all it is. It's a practice. It's things we do. It really isn't that big of a deal if your values are solidified. The third part, though, is where most churches are struggling and that's preferences. Preferences is what we like. 
Now, friends, I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops. I like, Rick Ross likes what I like, and I'm proud of it, and I may never change. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of new dessert, of new ideas, of new foods, and new places, and, and how my wife and daughter are trying to change my taste buds. I like meat and potatoes. I like hamburgers. I like pizza. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's my preference but my love for Susan K. Ross says I lay aside my preferences for people I care about listen it's a jean jacket it's a sport coat it's preferences it's my preference no it's not it's her preference she picked it out I'm still walking out of the room, and she says, are you wearing that today? No, I just wanted to see if you were still paying attention. That's just all. I just love changing clothes in the morning. (laughs) Multiply Church has principles that cannot, will not, must not. I'll show up with an army if you do. They are who you are. They are who God has called you to be, and we will stay true to those. Our practices will change because times change. People change, and we will adapt to them. As for your preferences, enjoy them. But the Bible says I laid them down. I can do all things, but I choose not to for the sake of one. That's where Multiply Church must continue to live. Wesley Shell was with us at the district office of church planters, and he did you proud. He has the jargon down. <laughs> I turned away, and I thought it was you talking. I thought, when did Doug slide in the door? But 16 years ago, you were a 10-year-old runny, snotty-nosed kid. <laughs> And sometimes they, the next generation, needs to be reminded why we are where we are. And here's what I've really learned lately. And we need to be told why we did what we did. Not that you will continue to do it, but you will at least understand the basis by which it was done. To throw it out without thinking. To throw it out without looking at the past. To throw it out without Honoring those who paid a huge price to bring you here is to do this service to the spirit of Multiply Church. Continue to do that, which must, must be done. Listen, process will never replace the presence of God, but process will maintain the fruit we receive in the presence of God. Of God. It's not one or the other, it's both and. We need process along with the presence of God so that we can be all that God wants us to be. It's not either or. Finally, number five if our dreams are to be bigger than our memories, we must not hold back. Must not hold back. 
to this staff, to this church, to this leadership team, to this congregation, to all of you watching, I say these words. Go for it. Go big. Take risks. Do something new. It's time for a church to believe that God is bigger than the community, than all the giants. There was a message that is stuck in my head. Quit looking at the giants in the land and look at a God who is gianter. It didn't work back then. I mean, I loved it then. I still, it's a, God is bigger than the biggest problem. God is bigger than COVID. God is bigger than racial injustice. God is greater than our lack of understanding. But if we have a pure heart, it's amazing what God will do. Acts 15, 26 says, men who, women, people who risk their lives for the name of Christ. I don't have time, so let me give you just a bite size of this. Over 40 years ago, Susan and I walked into the doors of a very first lead pastorate with 50 people. To a place that one of my mentors said, Rick, this is a perfect place for you because it has a great opportunity. Opportunity in the Assemblies of God logo means it's so bad not even you can mess it up. <laughs> and in the next three months, multiple phone calls that all said, you're God's man, you're God, we love you, we've been praying for you, we're done, we're gone. We're going to the big church with children's ministries, youth ministries, and music ministries. And we went from 50, wrote a book, to 35 in three months. For one year, not one soul was saved, not one life was changed, not one Holy Spirit baptism, not one person showed up at the, at the work days that Susan and I announced and showed up for. The, one of the worst years of my life. But a breakthrough came on Labor Day weekend when a young couple walked in the back door and that church stuck at 35 that had been there for years and years and decades. In the next two years saw a revival breakout that we were able to see over 300 people come to know Christ, to build a church, relocate. It was amazing. That's an exciting time, but it, the story doesn't stop there. And it's not because Rick and Susan left. But after we left, the next one showed up, and he left, and the next one showed up, and pretty soon... Just two years ago, Susan and I were driving through post-town Ohio, a community of 80 people in which we left the church running 300. It was deserted, drug-infected drug users in the building, and up for sale. Because the presence of God left? No. Where God's word says, I'll never leave you. I'll be, wherever you go, I've already been there. I'm everywhere. But because they refused to adapt to change, and they soon lost the next generation, and the church died. In four years, we have removed 59 churches from the rolls of NCAG churches. 59. Because they refused to adapt they refused to be aware, and they were determined to hold on to their style, their preferences, no matter what. And the no matter what came, and death follows. Today, Multiply Church on this new crest, this new mountaintop, where you can look back and see all the great things that has happened, 
must now lift your eyes and see out beyond yourself to the next mountain over and over and the cities all around you multiply so your descendants will invade the cities. Susan's mother, Janice Hasty, is the last of the builder generation in the Ross Hasty clan. And in the Ross clan, the builder generation is gone. So whichever one you want to say, the builders are basically on the last little piece of that ex experience. Anyone of value? Anyone here are valuable? But the generation. See, there's always four generations in your community, should be in your church. Builders are just about gone. There's a handful left. We honor them. The boomers have come, and we knew everything. We were the ones who tore it down and anti, we were, we were against establishment. All you young people today, all you had to do is go back and just copy our slogans. We had it all down. Down with the establishment. And I remember somebody asking, what are you going to put in place? It doesn't matter. It's just bad. Tear it down. Give me a chance. Every generation wants the, the former generation to get out of its way. And then when they get the baton, they never want to give it up. Multiply church has to understand, not in pastoral. We got that. We passed the baton. But the youth and the children and the families of those must drive them. So I pray in a prayer of grandparent blessing on Multiply Church. Why? Because I is one. And I understand the power of influence of a grandparent. So my parents are gone. And I'm left with this legacy of the Ross preacher legacy. And I begin to pass it on to Derek and, and, and Carissa. And then we begin to pass it on now to, to, to Madison and Kennedy and Lincoln and Reagan and... Can't tell you the next one's name. <laughs> and I'm praying harder now for the little ones. Every night, every night, a grandparent prayer over our grandchildren that they would see and experience what we have and it will only happen when we reach out would you stand with me so that you will multiply and your descendants will reach the cities <laughs> in our drives across I've seen all kinds of names. Here's a good one. Living Waters Church is all boarded up. It's not living. It's not a church. World Outreach Center with three people. If you're going to choose a name, multiply, you've got to live up to your name. It's a great idea. But no idea that's not lived out is worth anything. You paid the money. The name's up. It's great. It looks fabulous. I love it. But I won't love it 10 years from now if we're not multiplying. Which means if we're not serving and sacrificing, adjusting, adapting, 
to the environment, to the call all around us. Father, right now as a small part of this amazing group of people in the history, I pray multiplication anointing, which really does start with one by one times two. Each one doing their part to begin to see. I pray over Pastor Doug, Camden, this staff, the elder group, the board, the leadership team, everyone watching online, that we would choose to lay aside preferences for principles. That we will understand we must adapt to new practices to accomplish your will. May this be the beginning of a new layer, next level greatness for CFA. First Assembly of God, now Multiply Church. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we just say thank you to Pastor Rick for that amazing word from God. So on, so spot on. Thank you so much, Pastor Rick. As as Pastor Rick talked about change. One more thing. Maybe the biggest change that you need is a change in your own heart change in your own life. Maybe you've been trying to do it on your own. Maybe you're frustrated. You want to see new things. You want to see better things. And you've been trying to accomplish it by your own abilities and it hasn't worked. Can I introduce you to Jesus who, if you say yes to him, will come on the inside and change you from the inside out. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, joining us online in the house in Concord, can we just pray this prayer out loud together? And some are going to mean it for the first time and go from death to life as you say yes to Jesus. I need to change. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my life, come into my heart, and change me, Jesus, from the inside out. Help me, Jesus, to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate with those who just said yes to Jesus for the very first time? If you did say yes to Jesus, we invite you to text ALIVE to 94000. We've got some uh, free stuff that we want to put in your hands that will help you take the next steps as a follower of Jesus Christ. God bless you as you continue to love Jesus and change the world.